Welcome everybody to the Banyan Books and Sound podcast. My name is Ross McKeechee and today I'm very privileged to be in conversation with Zigar Kongtrul Rinpoche. Before I get into his formal introduction, I'll just make some announcements on behalf of Banyan Books. It's Banyan's 50th year of business. We've just celebrated our 50th anniversary and birthday as an independent bookstore. So Canada's leading spiritual and healing resource since 1970. It's very exciting. And um, you can go to our website, www.banyan.com. That's B-A-N-Y-E-N.com. We're also open for business every day from 11 to seven in Vancouver's Kitsilano at 4th and Dunbar. Today we have the Venerable Zigar Kongtrul Rinpoche joining us. He grew up in a monastic, grew up in a monastic environment and received extensive training in all aspects of Buddhist doctrine. Born into a noble Dharma family in Northern India, he descends from a pure unbroken lineage of the Dzogpa Chenpo Longchen Ningtik tradition of Tibetan Buddhism. His root teacher was His Holiness Kyabje Dilgo Kyense Rinpoche, but he also studied extensively under other great scholars and teachers. In 1989, Kongtro Rinpoche moved to the United States with his family and in 1990 began a five-year tenure as the first holder of the World Wisdom Chair at Naropa University. During that time, he also founded Mangala Sri Bhuti, an organization dedicated to establishing a genuine, a genuine Sangha of the Longchen Nintik lineage in the West. Mangala Sri Bhuti is a nonprofit organization offering programs on introductory and advanced Buddhist topics. There are MSB centers in Colorado, Vermont, Ireland, Brazil, and Japan. Every Sunday at noon Eastern time, MSB broadcasts the link a live teaching by Rinpoche or one of his students. And the link podcast contains over 500 talks from the live broadcast. Kongtrul Rinpoche is the author of eight books, including Training and Tenderness and The Intelligent Heart. Today, he is with Banyan Books in conversation on his latest book published in December, 2020, which is titled Peaceful Heart, the Buddhist Practice of Patience. It's based on the teachings of Shanti Deva's The Way of the Bodhisattva. And this book explores how Buddhist teachings on patience can help you work with whatever disturbances arise in your life and in your mind. To learn more about our honored guest today, his work, teachings, and community, please visit www.mangalashribhuti.org. Everyone in the Banyan Books community, please join me in welcoming our honored guest today, the Venerable Zigar Kongtrul Rinpoche. Thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you very much, Ross. Thank you very much for this opportunity. <clears throat> so your, your new book, Peaceful Heart, is based on the sixth chapter, uh, often called the Patience Chapter of Shantideva's The Way of the Bodhisattva. Can you give us a bit of background what inspired you to pick 
um, this section uh, for your new book? Well, mm, this uh, Peaceful Heart is a sequel um, of uh, training in the tenderness. And training in the tenderness, um, uh, I try to mm, uh, give a, uh, as best as uh, my ability, the kind of uh, <clears throat> uh, very, um, in my view, the profound uh, teachings of the, um, uh, what uh, His Holiness Dalai Lama always calls it, uh, uh, the uh, warm-heartedness uh of the human being that we all need to um, cherish um, as what we have uh, as an ability as well as also something that we could uh, uh, cultivate uh, to increase it so that our relation with the world and our relation with the, uh, uh, others uh, and many of the kind of uh, uh, evolving uh, uh, issue uh, in the world uh, like uh, uh, the issues with the environment uh, issues with the social uh, justice and issues with the, <clears throat> you know, um, the gap that is growing really uh, big uh, in the world uh, where the, uh, the wealth, um, um, equity, um, those who are in the hands are uh, having more and more and more and those who are uh, not in the haves are becoming poor and poor. And at some point, I think that is going to uh, become a very difficult thing to uh, uh, reconcile. So how to reconcile all of this um, really comes from our own mind. And in the, in the Buddhism and in the, mm, uh, a training uh, of the Buddhism, uh, uh, we have, uh, uh, you know, the wisdom and the compassion and that wisdom relates with our ability to uh, think uh, and analyze and also to really uh, be able to become clear on the <clears throat> sort of um, what is the uh, uh, burying causes and conditions for a uh, problem and uh, how to resolve them. And then the compassion is more to do with our sort of uh, 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 emotions, uh, what we feel in our heart and uh, the kind of a sensitive uh, feelings of uh, our own uh, minds and its ability to sort of uh, uh, feel empathy for, for of course, oneself, and then uh, from oneself, uh, how one feels for oneself, to extend that to others, because others are also uh, human beings, or others are also sentient beings. <clears throat> so, uh, so that is the kind of uh, training in the tenderness, you know. Uh, and then, as to uh, protect that kind of in a tender heart, if you are able to. Uh, uh, develop and put, 
uh, and also to really uh, uh, preserve that mm -hmm. uh, to be your uh, lifelong path. You know, the patient's practice is very, very important. And uh, with other patient's practice, I think, uh, you know, we could get uh, very easily um, thrown off from our own kind of you know, uh, tracks uh, of uh, being a, a spiritual person as well as also a good-hearted person with uh, so much, uh, you know, uh, sometimes uh, life has a lot of uh, challenges and uh, challenges brings a lot of uh, uh, stress and uh, stress also sort of uh, um, sometimes if we are not, um, especially in the modern world where actually everything happens so fast, uh, we are not uh, quite uh, careful, you know, it could bring a lot of uh, sort of uh, impatience that turns into hostility and that turns into sort of uh, a resentment and that turns into kind of eating our own hearts as well as also ruining our relations with the uh, others. So. Uh, patients, you know, our practices sort of uh, what allows us to protect our own sort of uh, uh, good heart and the tender heart training. Uh, so that's why I think uh, this chapter and this chapter being sort of uh, as in a sequel to the uh, uh, the previous book, Training the Tenderness, uh, I thought maybe I should write something or I should actually at least try to bring something uh, out to the public. Thank you. For those who, who might not know, or even those who do, can you um, illuminate us a little bit on this on Shanti Deva, who he was, and and his story? Well, Shanti Deva was sixth uh, uh, century, I think, <clears throat> towards the end of the sixth century, oh, eighth century, towards uh, uh, beginning of the eighth century, and. Um, he was a prince and he was a, a noble uh, prince uh, who was uh, to descend on the throne. And the day that he was uh, to descend on the throne, he had a dream of uh, his deity, who is Manjushri. And Manjushri said, uh, this is my throne and uh, I'm your teacher. So you cannot be sitting on my throne. So then he took that as an sort of a, sign that he should dedicate and he should uh, um, uh, commit himself to the monastic tradition and live as an, uh, uh, a monk. So then he joined, uh, he left the palace, he ran away from the palace and he joined the monastic community and he uh, studied and he was brought up in the Nalinda University. And then at some point he became very, very sort of, uh, you know, learned and realized, but nobody knew. But then, you know, uh, they came to realize how learned and uh, realized he was when he was asked to teach and he came and taught the Bodhisattva, the Bodhisattva's way of life. And then, um, then ever since then, this uh, text, the Bodhisattva Avatara, uh, I think it's a, one of the most uh, loved mm, texts in the noble land of India, as well as also in Tibet. I heard in the uh, noble land of India itself, there are about 100 commentaries on the uh, root text. 
So he was a great uh, sage and um, one of uh, His Holiness Dalai Lama's uh, teacher who was Kunurumbuche, uh, uh, a great master. Um, uh, he said that ever since this book, there's not been any book like this that sort of illuminates how to sort of uh, get in touch with the human uh, uh, emotions and how to transform the human emotions with the various sort of a, a subtleties and a great advices. So I really do believe that too. That's his story. Thank you. And what it what does it what does it really mean to be on the bodhisattva path and to generate this bodhicitta that you refer to often in, in your book? The Bodhisattva's uh, way of life is, um, well, we have a life and uh, we could uh, definitely sort of uh, commit and dedicate our lives to sort of uh, serve our own, uh, only uh, the a single kind of an individual and its needs and its uh, uh, meaning and its uh, uh, welfare, or we could sort of embrace uh, uh, while doing that as well uh, to serve the community and to serve the humanity uh, as well. And and uh, doing so, I think we need this sort of uh, a uh, good heart for the altruism uh, to sort of really uh, uh, reach out uh, to the uh, uh, other uh, human beings or other sentient beings who are in the same boat as we are, wishing to be happy and longing to be free from suffering uh, and needs to be, uh, you know, in the conditions of happiness and uh, in the needs of uh, being free from the conditions of suffering, just like ourselves. So, you know, I mean, many people are just without being in the spiritual uh, path or uh, spiritual uh, training, uh, naturally have this kind of, you know, incentive to serve uh, communities or serve uh, humanity. Uh, but then to have a sort of a real kind of you know, uh, uh, guided sort of uh, uh, wisdom uh, to embrace and guided uh, emotions to develop how to want uh, to go about and do that, that's uh, really very helpful. Uh, and then doing so, you know, I think uh, it really brings a tremendous uh, sense of uh, meaning in one's life. And uh, it also helps us to kind of purify a lot of our own self-destructive, uh, uh, afflictive emotions. And also it brings a lot of a kind of a harmony ourselves with the world and others. So that's the kind of a Bodhisattva's way of life. And the Bodhisattva is the means to do that, so. Thank you. you you base the foundation of, of the teaching in this book is um, really looking at the eight worldly concerns and the 72 ways we get disturbed. So I'm wondering if you can um, just expand on, on those concepts for our audience. Well, that's, a, <clears throat> that's a, 
quite an uh, in-depth uh, conversation, but I will try, uh, you know, because I think that's very, very important. You know, when we say eight worldly concerns, it sounds like, you know, something that, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, ego, uh, egoistic mind sort of uh, uh, gets it, uh, out of uh, kind of, you know, having a huge ego gets involved. But actually in reality, you know, um, we do have an self. Uh, we do have an attachment to the self. And that kind of an self and attachment to the self where actually uh, you have an appropriate care for yourself and to look after your own welfare and look after your own family's welfare. And so as also your you know, progress in life and uh, security and so on and so forth. That is not really, you know, any kind of, you know, uh, I feel uh, something that we need to really uh, get rid of or see that as a problem, you know. But in doing so, sometimes, you know, we get this sort of extra strength, uh, uh, extra kind of, you know, volume, extra kind of, you know, a power that, uh, uh, out of the habit uh, uh, develops uh, that uh, uh, in order to do or, or, or any of the kind of uh, uh, self-care, uh, we can kind of uh, lose the um, uh, perspective uh, that, uh, you know, um, that we are dealing with the other uh, sentient beings, that we are dealing with the other uh, human beings who are just like ourselves, you know, who wishes to be happy and who longs to be free from suffering, who is in the dire needs of happiness, who is in the dire needs of getting rid of their uh, <clears throat> uh, conditions of suffering, just like ourselves. So losing the kind of side of that and this, uh, being a sensitive uh, to other living beings around us, then what happens is that then we can actually sort of, uh, in order to try to take care of ourselves, we can uh, uh, do it mm, uh, uh, unconsciously, of course, not often uh, consciously, uh, most of the time unconsciously, on expense of others' welfare, you know on expense of others sort of, uh, uh, you know, suffering. Uh, mm. So when we do that, then, you know, what you, uh, uh, what you give uh, comes back. That's kind of a natural physics and law. So then, you know, even though immediately you don't get <clears throat> some kind of repercussions or suffering, your mind Get sort of subabsorbed, you know, and getting subabsorbed in there, then you have a lot of uh, your own internal sufferings, as we see people who are narcissistic and people who are quite subabsorbed, how they are sort of, you know, uh, uh, suffering so much, uh, lacking any kind of you know, uh, appreciation or lacking any kind of you know, empathy or lacking any kind of you know, sense of uh, uh, recognition of others. Uh, uh, you know, life or others, uh, 
uh, accomplishments or others' uh, uh, welfare, you know. So <clears throat> this uh, this uh, this chapter, I think, uh, the patience chapter, um, <clears throat> kind of a, is uh, uh, based on uh, uh, recognizing, you know, we have the self, and then we all, you know, uh, do or wish to be happy. We all long to be free from suffering, and then. Uh, that's just kind of the innate uh, uh, drive, so to speak, innate uh, sort of uh, uh, instinct, you know, how it manifests sometimes is then, you know, into our thoughts, into our sort of uh, uh, attachments uh, <clears throat> in our hearts. We are always, you know, this word in Tibetan, is called sepa. Sepa is sort of a grasping after, you know, jonesing, you know. Uh, and uh, the instinct in itself, you know, without the kind of a, uh, uh, giving a rise to the uh, sepa or the grasping or the jonesing uh, doesn't accomplish anything. So the jonesing comes up, you know. Uh, Jonesing uh, has to have a focus, right? So then we focus on, uh, you know, uh, four kind of, you know, so to speak, of you know, uh, positive things, you know. Uh, the first of the four positive things, what we sort of hope and Jones is, uh, you know, we hope for uh, sort of, uh, you know, physical and mental well-being, well which in the, in a kind of a basic level, it is not uh, any problem, but we are always constantly so wanting more, you know, physical, uh, you know, <clears throat> uh, uh, well-being and more kind of a mental well-being, um, you know, out of being kind of a dissatisfied, like, you know, you want to upgrade your comfort over and over and over, you know, and then being dissatisfied with what you have and then, you know, mentally kind of being uh, 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 upset. So you want to upgrade, upgrade, upgrade. And then that leaves you with a sort of a taste of a very kind of a, always unfulfilled, you know, uh, which is, I think, a very uh, modern uh, lifestyle and trades of uh, everyone's sort of uh, uh, kind of in a, uh, uh, state of mind. So that's the first. And then the second thing, then uh, what we want, what we Jones is the means, you know. Uh, I mean, in order to upgrade your physical comfort and well-being and therefore mental sort of like a, uh, a, a happiness and joy uh, as well out of that and as uh, on top of it, you need to have the means, right? So then we we jones for the means, and the means a lot of the times you know, comes down to what uh, you know. <clears throat> in Tibetan, we have a, a one uh, you know a word for uh, uh, money, kunga tundu. Kunga is a very very good uh, word for money because kunga means uh, 
everyone's liking, you know. Tendu means uh, that which allows you to accomplish everything, uh-huh. you know. So, so we Jones for economic, you know, progress, you know, economic uh, security, economic kind of like, a, uh, uh, you know, means to increase in our life. And that also, just in the basic level that you, uh, uh, what you need and what you want and what you uh, uh, could uh, possibly obtain as, as uh, no problem. But then it, it, as a human being, we never get satisfied, you know. There's a, almost a sense of, uh, you know, the more you have as there is a, in Tibetan, uh, we have a, a, a kind of a definition for uh, <clears throat> a rich uh, people or rich uh, uh, a person, uh, which it says, uh, uh, wanting more as you have more is the definition of a rich <laughs> and uh, wealthy, so to speak, you know? Uh, so then, you know, that becomes almost a drive that sort of like a, runs your whole life and, uh, you know, so there is that second, uh, but this is all in a positive light or all in the hope, right? So that's that. And uh, then, you know, not only just that, we want, the third thing is we want to be recognized. We want to be, you know, uh, heard about. We want to have that reputation of, you know, in whatever field you are, that you are so-and-so and, you are, you know, very, very sort of successful and very, very, you know, rich or very, very, uh, you know, talented uh, singer or uh, uh, very, very talented, uh, you know, uh, dancer or very, very talented actor or this or that or this or that. You want that kind of like a fame name, you know? So that's the kind of a third thing on top of the comfort and the means and then the reputation, you know. Then immediately, most probably what we always hope is we want to always hear something pleasant that comes to our ears, you know, Uh, that sort of like confirms us, that sort of makes us feel good, that makes us sort of feel like, you know, our spirit is kind of lift up. But that, you know, sometimes I mean, that's a very natural uh, to have some of that pleasant, always, you know, uh, <clears throat> to come in to your ears and hear and make you feel uh, appreciated or make you feel, uh, you know, acknowledged. that's good. But then sometimes, you know, that almost goes to the point of we want to surround ourselves with the, the sycophants, you know, <laughs> right? We want always somebody you know, to always uh, tell us what we want to hear and hear what we want to hear. And, and when anybody is sort of, is a little bit sort of, you know, uh, critical or even just objectively says something that maybe is not uh, uh, complimentary to us, we feel like they are on the other side or they don't like us or they don't, you know, uh, appreciate how, who we are and things like that. So then that gets a little bit of a, you know, so, those are the four positive things, you know, that we jones and we hanker and that we hope for, you know, the uh, physical and mental well-being, means for that, fame, 
and then the pleasant sort of like a sweet uh, uh, sound bites for us to uh, kind of uh, hear and be confirmed. So those are the four. And then when you have the hopes for those four, then you automatically set yourself to have an aversion, you know, aversion or fear for the four that are uh, opposite of those, you know. So we uh, we have aversion and we we uh, we fear and we dread to kind of lose the physical comfort or uh, any of the physical related. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, uh, welfare that we may have or that we have now that we might lose in the future, you know. Uh, and then also the mental too, you know, therefore, you know, we could be, you know, worried about our physical welfare and the mental welfare now as we are maybe faced with the challenge, or we could be very easily worried about down the road 10 years or 15 years and then get very depressed now, you know even though we are not confronted with that right now. So there's that kind of uh, so-called the aversion or the fear. Uh, this is also kind of a jonesy, but uh, this is a sort of a uh, grasping or uh, a jonesing knot, so to speak, you know. Uh, <clears throat> jonesing for jonesing uh, uh, knot. Uh, to have. Mm. Uh, so, so then also similarly, we could be very worried. I think the world is really always worried about, you know, um, economic situations, their financial situations, because financial and economic uh, uh, power is seen as a means for physical and mental and environmental, your, you know, uh, surrounding uh, welfares. So there could be a, you know, fear <clears throat> or aversion of losing means, you know, one of the, uh, one of the, uh, the kind of a downfall of the so-called the wealth, the conventional wealth, uh, objectively speaking, Nagarjuna has stated, it has a three problems, you know, what are the three problems? Uh, our first problem is, you know, it takes a tremendous effort, a tremendous kind of like a uh, hardship to collect, you know, the wealth, right? And the wealth does just come unless you are, you are, you are, uh, you know, with a great matter to have some kind of great inheritance or something like that. But usually it takes a lot of effort to gather the wealth first. Second, then it takes a tremendous effort to protect that well, what you gathered, you know? And then the third, that's not also uh, uh, good enough that you gathered and you have uh, protected. You want to increase this, you know? So these are the south of the pilvidumal. Mentally, you get completely uh, consumed and preoccupied, you know, with a lot of uh, hopes and fears and a lot of. Uh, uh, you know, anguish, you know. So, so there's that kind of a losing uh, your, uh, you know, um, economic uh, 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 power and economic means and uh, 
and abilities and uh, what you have, you know, so that's the second. And the third is, you know, then, you know, if you are a doctor or if you're, you know, artist or if you're, <clears throat> you know, a politician, you know, um, any small kind of, uh, you know, defame can sort of ruin you too, you know, and there's a lot of fear around any kind of defame in your circle, in your world, in your environment that can ruin you, you know, as a politician or as an, uh, a teacher or as an, uh, let's say, you know, doctor or as an artist or as an, uh, you know, anything what you, what you have, you know. So, so there's that kind of like a sense of a very kind of anxiousness and anguish that you might, you know, do something consciously or unconsciously and it can sort of like, you know, backfire on you. And then your, you know, whole reputation could be, you know, uh, uh, <clears throat> uh, ruined and your livelihood and your life could be uh, ruined as well. And so there's that kind of, you know, uh, the fear of the defame, so to speak. Then the last one is you want to avoid the critics and you want to hang out with your friends closely so that, you know, you don't hear any kind of, a, you know, any kind of a criticism, you know, uh, or even with the friends, you are a little bit worried that the friends, you know, might have talked to your critics and now the friends might actually turn against you and say some, you know, if you have any insecurities about, you know, anything happening in your life or anything that you have done or anything that has, you know, kind of negatively uh, has come out as a press <clears throat> for you, you can kind of like feel a lot of, a, you know, it's all maybe perhaps not going to mount up being anything big, but, you know, for the present time, there's a lot of a sense of an, uh, maybe a perhaps a rejection of not wanting to hear any kind of like um, unpleasant things about yourself and your work and your losses or your, you know, mistakes or your, you know, kind of like a downfall qualities, you know, uh, including physical or including your, you know, just investment or anything like that, you know. So there's those kind of four things, you know. So this is sort of what preoccupies, you know, the conventional mind and conventional mindset to always sort of, uh, you know, be engaged, right? So that's why it's called uh, eight worldly concerns, you know, four in the hopes, four in the fears, four in the kind of a jonesing, for in the kind of, uh, you know, <clears throat> uh, rejections, um, right? But the funny thing is, you know, funny thing is it doesn't stop there. You know, you have the, you have the eight sets for your, uh, yourself, then you have the eight sets for your loved ones, you know, right? So that makes it up to being eight times two is uh, 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 16, right? Then the interesting thing is how our mind works, psychology works, is that you have the eight in relation to people who you don't like, people who you don't consider as your friend, but rather sort of opposed to you and your enemy, you have the opposite, you know, right? 
for example, you want to hear good things about yourself. But when you hear good things about your enemy or people who you don't like, you know, you don't like that. So you want to hear bad things about, you know, <laughs> your uh, adversary or so-called, uh, you know, uh, people who you don't like and people whom you have a grudge, you know. You want wealth. You want economic progress. But when you see, you know, your adversaries are actually amassing wealth and growing in their wealth, you know, you don't like it, right? And you feel, uh, oh, you know, that's gonna somehow, you know, not be good for you. And then you resent that, you know? And, uh, you know, uh, you want, uh, you know, uh, uh, a good reputation for yourself, but when it comes to your adversary and uh, your so-called uh, people whom you disapprove and dislike and uh, uh, have some animosity, you know, when their reputation goes up, you don't like it, you know? So the four things that, you, you know, you want, when it comes to your adversary, you don't want that. The four things that you, you know, don't want for yourself, you want somehow for your adversary. So it, there's a sort of like, a, uh, there's the irony, there's the kind of a, you know, kind of a twist that what you want uh, and what you don't want in opposite you want, uh, you know, uh, uh, for your adversaries and for your uh, enemies or people whom you have a resentment people whom you have grudges, do, people whom you don't like from your heart, you, you know, you, you want uh, uh, them to kind of uh, have in opposite uh, the eight uh, things. So it makes it up to being what you call uh, 20, uh, 24, right? Eight times 24. So then, you know, our mind, how it can go into the past and then, you know, kind of like uh, reminisce about the past, right? So then it can disturb us in that way. And then we can also sort of uh, presently think what's happening in our life. And then we could also sort of be quite, you know, uh, uh, stirred up, you know? Um, and then we can also go into the future you know, and imagine what could happen and what might happen and what, you know, uh, kind of, you know, <clears throat> uh, could sort of uh, uh, turn out and turn uh, not out. And then we could also get quite anxious. So because we have the three times and our mind can actually sort of cover all three times in that way, going into the past and reminiscing, thinking about the present situation, and imagining into the future. So our mind in that way can sort of like unconsciously always sort of like find something to disturb us, you know? And then that can eat us, they can eat our heart and our peace and that can eat out our sort of like well-being while actually, you know, not leaving your, you know, bedroom, right? So, Therefore, you know, Shanti Deva gives a very clear 
instructions how you could sort of first analyze where you are stuck, where, where, where your mind is, you know, uh, getting, uh, you know, caught up and uh, bringing a lot of this kind of internal sufferings to yourself. And then how you could sort of like a very uh, precisely in a very kind of in a, in a very sort of a skillfully uh, a remedy yourself uh, and, and try to up, uh, uproot and, uh, you know, uh, let go of the kind of a, a negative thinking. So that's why, you know, the eight world consensus is very sort of like, a, you know, big part of this uh, chapter. Right. Okay. Thank you. So what you're speaking of is in the book, what you call worldly or conventional thinking, the normal way that we perceive ourselves and the world around us. And then you point to these different antidotes to the suffering that we are caused by identifying with our small sense of self. And you call this often unconventional thinking and how to apply unconventional thinking in our lives. So I'm wondering if you can speak a little bit to these antidotes now and how we can apply unconventional thinking to work through negative karma and to generate merit and positive karma in our lives. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, <clears throat> uh, there are so many uh, uh, wisdom in the Buddhist teachings and Buddhist uh, mind training that, you know, is most probably going to be uh, difficult to uh, speak on all of them. But just for example, just uh, one thing that I really uh, have feel very important uh, for all of the modern people and all of the uh, sort of uh, 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 time is uh, uh, everyone wants to feel buoyancy, you know, and feel quite sort of like a, a, a unconditionally or maybe with the conditions uh, feel a sense of an, uh, buoyancy and a vibrant uh, happiness in one's, uh, one's life, uh, in one's mind, you know. And most of the people are, I believe, uh, you know, mm, uh, as far as the kindness goes, they want to be kind uh, and they are kind, you know. We hear so much. Uh, people doing uh, kind things, really kind things, you know, uh, like a Doctors Without Borders. And in this COVID time, we have uh, so many, you know, healthcare uh, workers, how they put uh, their own lives in risk, you know, to go to the work and try to save people. So I feel that kind of an incentive to be kind is very strong. And then also, you know, people want to be compassionate and people are compassionate. There are so many people who are, you know, fighting for animal rights and, and animal sort of, uh, you know, welfare. Uh, and also, you know, there are so many people who are, you know, very, very sort of like a keen on working uh, to have a sort of a, some kind of a, um, a social justice and e equal kind of equity and so on and so forth, you know, I think, uh, so I feel there are a lot of kind people in the world and kind, uh, not only kind, but compassionate people in the world, you know, 
And then, you know, the, the, the more democratic world is, you know, uh, more inclusive for thinking about everyone. So that's also not a problem. But where I feel uh, that, you know, people actually do not uh, emphasize enough is how to be vicariously happy on behalf of others, you know. And so if you could have a sympathetic joy, you know, so this uh, vicarious ability to be happy on behalf of others, you need to have a clean heart, you know. Even if you have a compassion, uh, that's extra uh, uh, element of your compassion, which actually makes your compassion uh, very uh, strong and clean. And even if you have a, a, a loving kindness uh, and you're doing a lot of things for others, that sympathetic joy is an extra element of your loving kindness practice that sort of uh, uh, allows your loving kindness practice to be a very uh, clean and uh, protected, you know. And when you have a, a vicarious ability to be uh, be, you know, or happy on behalf of others, um, others, you could always find uh, reasons to be happy within in your small circle. And then if you expanded, you know, more uh, into an, a bigger circle, you could always find, uh, you know, or, uh, reasons to be happy. And then especially uh, when we have our own sort of a lot of uh, this kind of you know, uh, um, uh, unprocessed jonesing that we have, you know, we jones for this, we jones for that. It's just a habit of our mind that sort of like it goes in jonesing and then leaves us feel like uh, uh, not mad and unhappy, you know. When you look, if you look outside of the lens, uh, 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 landscape outside of the uh, uh, your own kind of a platform of uh, uh, meeting your needs, uh, your own individual needs, uh, and if your own individual needs are being met, then you know you have all reasons to be happy, you know. Uh, but if your own individual uh, uh, needs are not being met, and if it is someone else, you know, regardless of whether their needs being met or not, it doesn't matter to you or it doesn't affect you or it doesn't sort of move you in any way, you know, then it limits us so much to be uh, not uh, that often happy, you know, right? Because everything has to be about your needs being met. But in the mind training, it doesn't have to be that way. You know, in the mind training, you know, it could be equally, if you train yourself, if your needs are being met, you could be happy. And sometimes if you train, you could be more happy if most of your needs being met, someone else needs being met, right? Uh, someone else having the, uh, accomplishment, someone else having the outcome, someone else having the kind of a state of uh, uh, joy and happiness 
uh, it doesn't have to be, you know, you. Uh, it, you know, is uh, vicariously you could be happy on behalf of others, you know. So when you have, uh, when you have that kind of an ability or mental power uh, or emotional power to sort of, you know, uh, be happy on behalf of others, uh, like I think mothers are a good example, they could be very happy on behalf of their children and children's, you know, good grades or good, you know, uh, outcomes of their studies or sports or their, you know, uh, endeavors into life more so than their own, you know, uh, right? Because of the love that they have, in the, uh, uh, some vicarious uh, ability uh, that they have uh, to be happy on behalf of others. Uh, like that, if you could have, then your life becomes very uh, uh, rich and buoyant. And you could always feel, you know, a great sense of, an, uh, you know, uh, 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 how do you say, well-being from that. And you could always, you know, think about the past and people of the past time, what they have accomplished, people of the present time, what they are doing and what they are accomplishing. And also, you know, you could think about, you know, uh, <clears throat> including your own enemies. You know, in one hand, maybe you have some differences and you have some unresolved issues. But in another hand, in this way, you know, you could be happy that they are, you know, in the means, that they are, you know, uh, in the kind of opposition uh, to do good in the world, you know, and they are doing good. And you could be very, very sort of like a, in a very clean way from your heart, feel that, you know, what you're not able to do, they're able to do. And therefore you could actually equally be happy as you're being able to do. And maybe perhaps it's better that, you know, they're in the positions and they are doing it because it's sort of like, a you know, <clears throat> it's a much uh, 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 efficient that they're doing, you know? like a two surgeons, you know, of a heart operation, they are rivalry, you know, and, you know, maybe they have some uh, kind of, you know, let's say, you know, uh, some disagreements, you know, but, you know, uh, one is a better uh, heart surgeon than the other. And then the one who is a better, uh, who's heart surgery, uh, who is a heart surgeon, you know, if he is able to operate on the heart uh, patient, you know, the other one should be happy because the care is about the patient, you know, and he knows that he's uh, not in, a, in equal to the uh, other heart surgeon. And then if the patient gets the chance to be operated by the heart surgeon that is the better, that the other heart surgeon can be, you know, from a good heart. However, there is some, you know, maybe disputes or rivalry and a sense of kind of, you know, uh, uh, you know maybe perhaps uh, unresolved issues. Uh, but in this case, one can be very happy, you know, that the patient gets the better uh, of the heart surgeon to operate, you know. Uh, and this, this is all to do with how you observe your mind and heart, how you keep your heart particularly, you know, mind can flow in any direction, but 
how you set your intention, how you keep your mind and heart, particularly observing your heart when it sort of like gets any uh, <clears throat> erosion in the kind of a, uh, unhealthy or un, uh, uh, solicited sort of like a, uh, negativity to cleanse out that and then, you know, replace that like an empty bottle. You could put whatever you want, you know, and uh, if the bottle is filling up with uh, some kind of a poisonous, you know, take the poison out and then clean it and then put the medicine in there, you know, like that, if you could do, which is, I think, the what what is so called the power of the mind, you know, power of the mind. And as Shanti Deva pointed out, you know, if you uh, if you if you're not used to, it's going to be difficult. But as you get used to by the familiarization, which is the meditation, you know, anything, everything gets easier and easier. You know, so in this way, I think people can feel much more buoyance and vibrant happiness in their life, not having to everything to do with themselves or not having everything to uh, be done by themselves, you know? Like, a, for example, in the modern world, we all watch sports, you know? Uh, I wrote a piece a long time ago when India won the world, you know, uh, cricket, right? You know, I, two billion or almost 3 billion people went into kind of a state of an ecstatic joy. N not that every 3 billion or almost 3 billion people are on the field playing, but through the vicarious way, you know, they can all sort of like feel that kind of an joy as the player themselves are playing on the field and Donny uh, hitting that last sixer you know, because you are in Canada, you know the crickets, right? Sixer, and then as if they themselves were, you know, hitting that, right? They all were so happy. We have that ability. It proves that we have that ability, you know, if we are in the right state of mind and condition, you know? So in that way, I think people can feel much more sort of happy about, uh, happier, in their life. And this is what I think is unconventional. And it's something needs a kind of internal training um, that I feel that the Buddhist teachings can be very helpful. Wonderful, thank you. I, I think we probably only have time for one more question. And um, I wanted to ask you about, I guess it's a two part question really. One is, um, of, about the law of karma and the the principle that anything negative that comes into our lives is is due to our past karma and how we respond to that is what allows us to to dissolve that karma and generate merit or positive karma in the future in relation to that living in the world and practicing um you, you talk about appreciating those who provoke us seeing the provocation or challenges of other people as an opportunity to practice patience mm -hmm. and to burn through negative karma and generate that positive karma. I'm wondering if you can just expound on that a little bit more for our audience. Yeah, thank you very much. This is a very, very helpful question because, uh, <clears throat> you know, as there's always saying, 
uh, we have heard this, you, know, you could take a horse to uh, the river, but you can't make the horse drink. Patients practice is a little bit like that, you know, right? You want to, you know, you want to be patient. The reason you want to be patient is because, you know, you have, you know, uh, run out of all other uh, uh, resources and means to make your mind, uh, you know, peaceful and uh, uh, pacify your uh, emotions that are self-destructive and that are ruining your relation and that not only are ruining your relation, you are, you know, day by day, you know, you are getting uh, unhappier and happier, right? So people have to, I feel, you know, come to that point uh, to really want to uh, have some other alternative than the usual kind of trying to fix things from outside, you know? Usually try to fix things from outside and try to sort of change the conditions and, you know, uh, improve the conditions is a sort of like a beginning of the practice of the patients, you know, but one has not really come to the uh, 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 real resolution uh, to take the patient's practice as a sort of a real lifelong path and a means to uh, keep one's mind and heart uh, uh, peaceful and clean and uh, also uh, 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 happy. Uh, so when you get to that point, right, when you get to that point by actually somewhat having a, some kind of a renunciation towards your own uh, uh, destructive state of emotions, of anger and resentment and uh, uh, jealousy and uh, you know uh, all sorts of you know kind of uh, uh, um, uh, uh, other related uh, emotions, you know, um, such as like you know uh, being quite often you know uh, uh, what do you call. Chikpa. Chikpa means like a burning, you know, <laughs> burning uh, and spiteful, you know, uh, spiteful, speaking spitefully of, uh, uh, you know, world and others, you know, but in reality, it's sort of uh, coming from your own mouth and it's coming from your own heart and it's burning your own peace of mind, you know. So with the sub uh, uh, self-awareness, self-reflection, when you come to see, okay, I need to, you know, really, you know, do something with my own uh, mental state and my own emotional uh, state to be transformed and changed. And that's when, then you are ready to kind of uh, accept and uh, try out any of the wisdoms, you know. And when you are are open and are ready to try out any of the experience, then you are ready to accept the past, what's happening in the present time, you know, uh, as in a result of the past, you know, karma. And, uh, and then also to kind of accept instead of sort of rejecting it, and then work with your strength of mind and patience practice 
to kind of uh, pacify any kind of uh, 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 sense of uh, resentment or sense of uh, aggression that it's evoking inside of you. Not that the resentment is not there, not that the aggression doesn't come up, but as it is being noticed in your mind, as it comes up, that as an opportunity, you know, it's not a black and white, you know, you have it or you don't have it. As it is coming up, these are the, you know, these are the materials that allows you to develop the patient. These are the conditions that tests you to develop the patient. These are the sort of like opportunities where actually your mind strength can grow if you could internally work those out and uh, come to the other side and come to have the patience and strength of the patient, you know? And then when you do try it out and when you do work in that way, you know, and then you are able to come out, you know? Uh, <clears throat> like for example, in the many of the relations that we have, you know, uh, relation, you know, uh, like, for example, in the siblings relation, you know, uh, in the extended families uh, siblings relation, you know, we all come together as a family uh, in the uh, Christmas time or, or Thanksgiving time. But a lot of the times, you know, people are very apprehensive, you know, come together uh, like that because, you know, you could press someone else uh, a wrong button and someone else could press your wrong button and you could get into, you know, heated kind of like a, a conversation and emotions. Someone can get into a heated conversation and uh, emotions, you know, in a hope to enjoy the time together and have the family bond to kind of be, you know, greatly uh, uh, appreciated and enjoyed in with the good foods and good gathering. But then there's a lot of, you know, fear and a lot of apprehension, you know. So if you are a patient person, if you are able to develop that kind of a patience, you know, that, uh, that you want, you know, these are great opportunities. These are great actually chances to, you know, uh, uh, try your patient's practice and see how far you have got and how well you do. And then if it doesn't work out so well this year, you could have a more sort of like a, you know, self-analysis and a more stronger of an, a, a resolutions. Next time, you know, your sister says something that sort of like, you know, is as usual, sort of like, a, you know, goes right into your heart and it sort of like a throws you off and makes you feel like, you know, you know, you want to say in rebuke, you know, you don't. You, in the other hand, say something more complimentary and then, you know, sort of put her in the ease and then, you know, you carry on with the dinner, all right? So in this way, you could sort of really uh, preserve a lot of the good relations that you want to, that you have a lot of care and that you have a lot of, uh, you know, affection to, uh, you know, persevere and uh, thrive, you know, and it all comes down to patience practice. It all comes down to, it's not like a lack of love or bond or lack of, 
you know, goodwill or means, but it all comes down to kind of a nitty-gritty presence practice and taking the opportunity in hand. So in that way, I think, you know, the society as what we have could really gain so much from more practice of patience, you know. Thank you very much. And again, thank you for giving us the honor of your time and wisdom today. Thank you very much, uh, Russ. I hope I uh, didn't sort of go too much into my own kind of, uh, you know, uh, talking about all of this and really didn't uh, 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 take the time to kind of uh, make it short and then also have you answer more questions. Uh, ask more questions you covered you covered many of my questions that i'd written down through your your speaking and uh, i i believe that everybody will have gotten a lot out of this um discussion today yeah my whole hope is that you know everybody's internal lives as because of awareness as they feel the pain that there is a you know solution that there is a you know ways to overcome uh, you know, as uh, Nagarjuna has stated, Buddhas and sages didn't drop down from the sky or didn't come out of the earth. They were like us with a bondage. And then they, you know, with the wisdom and the skillful means transformed their mind and they got where they are. We can all do that, you know, and we are actually able to do it so and we are doing it so it just requires a patience as well also in that too thank you so much and a reminder to everybody zigar kongtra rinpoche's latest book is called peaceful heart the buddhist practice of patience it's available along with his other books at banyan.com thank you been listening to In Conversation, a podcast of Banyan Books and Sound.